Folks, how much control do you really have over your finances? So lately we've seen an all-out assault on freedoms and liberties by the government. Mask mandates, vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, everybody trying to limit whether or not you can even go to a grocery store or restaurant. And we've seen how quickly the government can infringe on your personal freedoms, and they do the same with your finances. This is why I believe in diversifying with gold. Gold is physical. Gold is tangible. And gold is safe from government control and gives you true control over your wealth, control that isn't tied to government-regulated financial markets. The folks at Legacy Precious Metals are the gold standard when it comes to investing in precious metals, and their team of experts can counsel you on the best options for you and your family. Take control of your financial situation and call Legacy Precious Metals at 866-580-2088 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com and download their free investor's guide. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. LegacyPMInvestments.com. Every single thing. Why didn't Jack sooner? Um, well, I don't think anyone anticipated the impact of the shutdown of one facility uh, in uh, uh, and the, the, the Abbott facility. And it was accurately shut down because it was, the formula was questioned in terms of its, its purity. And so once we learned of the extent of it and how broad it was, we kicked everything into gear. And I think we're, uh, I think we're on the way to be able to completely solve the problem. But Mr. President, the CEOs just tell you that they understood it would have a very big impact. They did, but I didn't. Oh, that's kind of troubling. What? Yeah, that's a little troubling. Does he... So between that, between his... The Janet Yellen audio that we played yesterday... I don't know why I almost called her Bob Yellen. I have no idea what's going on with my head this morning. I almost was like, Bob Yellen, you know, Bob Yellen. Between the, the Janet Yellen audio from yesterday and then this today or yeah actually that was also yesterday that was a bad day for the administration so welcome to the show dana lash here with you always always good to talk with you and uh, a number of things because i have a ton of economic stuff to get into here with you Uh, some some headlines that are not totally awesome and then all of the latest with, with what's going on in dc because there's a number of two-way things that are going to be moving through committee, et cetera, et cetera. And so we'll get, we'll get into all of that. We got Wokery, it, everything else, the rainbow cap, month of rainbow capitalism. Um, it's, so there we have it. So it's Thursday, feels like a Wednesday, and gas prices in California have hit like $8 a gallon. It's bad. So Joe Biden was saying yesterday, yeah, you know, we're going to bring a, uh, bottles to you. Yeah, listen to this. It's a lot of bottles, I guess. Today, we're announcing the United Airlines has agreed to offer cargo space for Kendall NutriCare uh, for the delivery of 3.7 bottles of the formula here in the States. Okay, 3.7. Here's the question that I have. Why are they announcing and making a big deal of being able to get space on United Airlines when people could just buy this stuff and have it shipped from Europe. Why? 
Because the problem isn't that there weren't any planes. And the problem isn't that there were no... The problem was the FDA. That was the problem. Problem's always been the FDA. Usually if you were ordering formula coming in from Europe, it would be seized at customs and destroyed. Because the FDA says, oh no, you can't... The, the same FDA that says cigarettes are all right. No, no, you can't feed your baby this powder. We're the FDA. We don't know where. We don't know where this powder. We don't know if it was on a, a, a properly refrigerated truck or whatever. We don't know any of this stuff. So because we don't know it, we're just going to say you can't. Your life is not your own. So it's kind of a problem. A major problem. So it's not that, it's not that there isn't any way there is a way it's just the fda hasn't been allowing people to do it that's the the frustrating part of this so he doesn't it was bad for him yesterday i i don't know if you were watching some of the stuff as it was trending i was watching some of the media and they could not help but just kind of cringe at that because it was bad man that was that was a bad soundbite from him yesterday and you know, even stalwarts like over at CNN, et cetera, were kind of, yeah. Audio sound by three, Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about this. She has no idea what's going on. Listen. So you, you did February 17th was a recall. February 18th, FDA issued uh, instructions to states. Let's, let's, can we continue that through April? When did somebody call the White House to say, this is a problem, you guys may need to get involved? So I could say that, um, again, the recall happened on the day, day one of the recall, we took action as a whole of government approach, right, with FDA, USDA, as I just laid out. Um, and the president understands, again, he understands how difficult this is. He understands uh, how challenging this is, and we have acknowledged that. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So... There you that's he doesn't know. He has no clue. She has no clue. That's just horrible messaging. You know, everybody was warned. People saw this uh, a year ago. They saw this a year ago. So it's like this has been happening for quite some time. Everybody has seen it. Everybody knows it. He just didn't act. He didn't act about he didn't act on this at all. It is really bad. I can't tell you the number of people that I see on Facebook who ask that if they can, if someone can help them with certain types of formula, especially the formula that's, what is it, the, I can't even say it, neutrogenin, it's the stuff, like, if your baby's allergic to basically everything, because there are those kids out there that have some serious allergies. And that's, like, very difficult to find. And there is, from what I understood, I was reading um, a post it had been shared. It was, um, and then I went and I was actually looking up. Apparently, it, she also wrote it on Substack too. But it was this pediatrician, and she was saying that uh, there was like a European equivalent of this. That you know, if you're if your infant's allergic to dairy X Y Z, then there was a European equivalent. But you can't get the equivalent because it gets seized at customs. Three point seven bottle or things, guys. Three point seven things of formula. He's very excited. Three point seven. I think the last one that they brought in when they made a big deal about bringing in the stuff on military planes when they could have just let people purchase it, that was what, 
um, a, a, like a week supply, I think, like one week. Oh, one week. Now, also at the press conference yesterday, audio soundbite four, this was a big thing, too, that did not go down well. Karine Jean-Pierre seems nicer than Jen Psaki, but she's, have you noticed that people are getting her on soundbites more than they did on Psaki, really? Because Karine Jean-Pierre is, well, she has the unenviable task of having to polish the turd that is the Biden administration and their policies. Listen to this. Another big topic. When are you guys going to admit that you were wrong about inflation? <laughs> no easy questions today, huh? Uh, the Treasury Secretary says that she was wrong, so why doesn't anybody okay. here at the White House? Okay, so look, what, uh, what the Secretary was pointing out uh, out. Uh, this is talking about yesterday when she was doing her her hit uh, with uh, her TV hit with CNN. Is that there have been shocks to the economy that have exacerbated inflationary pressures, which couldn't have been foreseen 18 months ago, Why including. Not? Let me, I'm, I'm trying to answer your question. I'm, I'm, hold on. I, I was just getting to the why not, uh, including Russia's decision to inc- invade Ukraine, multiple successive variants of COVID and lockdowns in China. Hmm. The lockdowns in China. Shanghai just opened up. I had that headline for you yesterday. No, it's, he, you know, he flipped the switch on this literally right when he came into the into office. That was the beginning of his 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 term. So let's not play stupid. He flipped the switch on this like the moment he came into the White House. And everyone wants to act like it's all of these other extenuating factors that Biden has no involvement in. We're not morons. We we completely understand exactly, uh, you know, exactly what's what's at stake here and what he did. When you when you sign a two trillion dollar spending bill, when you're paying people to stay home, you're spending more than the than you're spending. The spending is out of control. And then to expect everyone else to to offset that with higher taxation is is inexcusable also. This is a direct result of Biden's policies. You were he was warned this. He was warned about energy. He was warned about formula. Everyone said that there were problems with the formula with that supply chain a year ago and he did nothing. He did absolutely nothing on it. They just didn't pay attention. You know why? Because they're a bunch of old desiccated people who aren't they're not uh, fertile anymore. I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, it's like, could you be more out of touch? A bunch of old people in Washington, D.C. have no idea what young parents are dealing with, what babies are dealing with. They don't know. They don't care. It's just, it's just insulting. Okay, so later today, I'm going to be speaking at the uh, TPUSA, Turning Point USA. They have their Young Women's event, the Young Women's Leadership summit which i'm excited about because all kinds of party empowered good smart conservative ladies all get together in dallas and i was going to actually there was a couple of things i was going to be talking about i i was probably i was going to hit more this was you know a few a while ago i was going to be hitting more on i think the appropriation of the female sex by men who want to identify as women and how it's really a total betrayal of everything feminism said that they said it stood for But then things have changed. And now we have lawmakers in D.C. right now who are debating gun control. In fact, I see there was uh, Mondaire Jones, who's a Democrat out of New York, who was just on C-SPAN saying, you will not stop us from passing it, meaning gun control. If the filibuster obstructs us, we will abolish it. If the Supreme Court objects, we will expand. We will not rest until we've taken weapons of war out of communities. Wow, that sounds like some New Zealand type stuff right there. 
That's exactly what that sounds like. And furthermore, none of what he said is constitutional and everything that he said would be challenged and there's no way that he would decide. See, do you see what they they're not happy at all whatsoever if they're if they don't like something, if they don't like the Constitution, they just want to change it. If they don't like how an election happens, they just want to cheat. I mean, this has been they've so they're debating this right now. It's uh, I think part of it's the protecting our kids act. And of course, this comes on the heels of the shooting that was in Tulsa yesterday. This a guy named Michael Lewis. He went after a guy named Dr. Preston Phillips. This guy had had uh, back surgery. And apparently he he went in on May 19th for back surgery and then he called several times. He said he was still in pain. He wanted additional help. Uh, And then he saw Phillips on May 31st. He called the doctor's office again. Uh, They saw him once to give him additional treatment and he called again yesterday and then he showed up and he was looking for Dr. Phillips and he shot four people and he himself is a fatality that I don't count amongst the fatalities. So so you'll see five five fatalities that includes the uh, murderer whose name I'm not going to say again, uh, but really it's four, four innocent people. And he, he went in, he was looking for Dr. Phillips and they found uh, a letter at the scene that was penned by the murderer. And it made it incredibly clear that his target was Dr. Phillips. He blamed him for his back pain. So he apparently, I mean, he had surgery and he, I guess he was in a serious, uh, serious amount of pain. And then he was, he was targeting Dr. Phillips and anybody who got in his way. And so I will have to say that chief Wendell, who is the, Uh, who's the chief there of police in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It is very, very different, the press conference that he gave and the press conference that we heard from from, uh, local police in Uvalde, because he was very methodical. Chief Wendell was very methodical. He went over every single thing. He did not leave a stone unturned. He was very slow when he spoke. He clarified absolutely everything. It was given in painstaking detail, which is ultimately how you need to do something like this. And I thought it was a really good press conference. And at the end, no one really actually had any questions because he gave so much information, including a detailed timeline of exactly what happened. And it was just really well done from Chief Wendell there in Tulsa. Really well done. And we have affiliates uh, in Oklahoma. And I mean, it's just shocking to hear something like this. And our prayers are with everyone there who's at that Natalie Medical Building and at St. Francis Hospital in Tulsa. And uh, Police Chief Wendell Franklin, excuse me, they had him as Chief Wendell in this article but it's Wendell Franklin uh, police chief Franklin uh, he just did a he did a very good job and the first responders apparently were there within seconds uh, and they had uh, they were all organized and they went in they went in and they rose they didn't rise to the occasion they fell back to their highest level of training and it was evident and how quickly police in Tulsa were able to secure that scene that's how it's done we have more to come we have headlines on the way We're going to break down some of what you can expect in legislation in D.C. and more uh, as it relates to 2A and then, of course, the economy. Have you heard of American Wagyu? No. Well, I'm here to tell you it is some of the most sought after beef in the world and I can get you two free pounds. So our new friends at Good Ranchers are giving you two pounds of their American Wagyu burgers for free with my code Dana. So not only does Good Ranchers sell 100% American meat that is steakhouse quality, it is one of the best burgers on the market. And you'll find boxes like the Ranchers Classic, their best-selling combo of beef and chicken, or the new Prepper Kit. 
And with meat prices soaring, Good Ranchers will help you stock up. Have food security and save $25 on every box for life just with your subscription. So as long as you're subscribed, your price is not going to change. Two pounds of free Wagyu burgers and zero inflation. Yeah, this offer is not going to last long. So visit GoodRanchers.com Dana to get a box of amazing American meat and get two pounds of free American Wagyu burgers plus free shipping. That's GoodRanchers.com Dana. GoodRanchers.com Dana. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. So the White House has said that, well, that's reported that they're going to start paying interns, lifting a longtime barrier of entry to young Americans. They're going to start paying interns this fall. I don't know. There's something I like about non-paid interns. I also had this story. I forgot to put it in this segment. A mountain lion was found trapped inside a Bay Area high school classroom and taken to the Oakland Zoo for treatment. This was, yeah, it was a, it was an unexpected visit. Students were locked down and eventually released early because they had a mountain lion in a classroom and they, they had to figure out how they were going to get it out. But they did. They got the mountain lion out. It's a bizarre story, but they did make it happen. Uh, Britain's monkeypox outbreak is linked to gay bars, saunas, and grinder, says Daily Mail. 86% of cases are in London. And just two women, only two women in the entire total of the United Kingdom have caught the virus as the cases, the infections have risen to 196. So before you get freaked out about another pandemic, it's basically an STD. So please keep that in mind. And John Hinckley Jr. is going to go free. I feel like we need to talk about that a little more because that's pretty freaky and I don't think he's cured. I like knowing exactly where my tasty, delicious meat comes from. And with Moink, that place is small family farms all across America. From farm direct to your dining table, Moink gives you access to the freshest, sustainably sourced meat and fish. Moink is dedicated to helping save rural America. Join the Moink movement today. The Moink difference is one that you can taste and feel good knowing that you're helping family farms stay financially independent. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Shark Tank host Kevin O'Leary called Moink's Bacon the best bacon he's ever tasted, and Ring Doorbell founder Jamie Siminoff jumped at the chance to invest in Moink. Keep America farming by signing up at moinkbox.com slash Dana right now and get free filet mignon for a year. That's one year of the best filet mignon you'll ever taste. Spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com slash Dana. That's moinkbox.com slash Dana. Listen to the Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. When every other country like ours has virtually ended it. Enough of you blaming mental illness and then defunding mental health care in this country. Enough of your thoughts and prayers. Enough. Enough. You will not stop us from advancing the Protecting Our Kids Act today. You will not stop us from passing it in the House next week, and you will not stop us there. If the filibuster obstructs us, we will abolish it. If the Supreme Court objects, we will expand it, and we will not rest until we have taken weapons of war out of circulation in our communities. So this is one of the Democrats in the House because the uh, House of Representatives, they're debating different gun control packages as well. Um, And so that was Mondaire Jones. And I was trying, I was looking to see what what district he was. You'll have to forgive me here. Welcome back to the program. 
Dana Lash here with you. And Joe Biden is expected to speak on this tonight at 730 Eastern, 630 Central. That's typically kind of that's what they're that's what they're he's always late. So I don't know if that's when he's actually going to speak or not. Uh, But and it looks like I'm going to be addressing that those remarks on Fox later tonight as well, uh, probably even from the, uh, the the speaking event. So this first off, everything that he just said there is there. There's no that's no, that's not going to work. And it's not constitutional either. Uh, Mondaire Jones talking about it's not constitutional either. So what they're talking about, it's the Protecting Our Kids Act. And the Protecting Our Kids Act has a number of things that actually wouldn't have solved or stopped or prevented Uvalde. It wouldn't have uh, it, it wouldn't have anything like that. It wouldn't have stopped anything like that, unfortunately. And you have to remember that Uvalde, I mean, all schools since 1990 have been gun-free zones. They've been gun-free zones thanks to the law Joe Biden wrote. I don't know if you knew that, but Joe Biden's the reason that all schools are gun-free zones. Joe Biden's Gun-Free School Zones Act, which was passed and has been law since 1990, is the law that stipulates every school, whether it's a parochial school, does not matter. Every school is a gun-free zone. So that means a thousand feet around the school property, not just the building, the structure itself, but around the school property approximately a thousand feet you can't have any kind of firearms etc that's a penalty texas has additional where they increased it by one degree any kind of penalty for weapons crimes that happen around the school zone so that's everything that jones is is, that he was saying there in that soundbite none of it that's none of it would have worked because in Uvalde, I mean, what with part of what they're doing with the Protecting Our Kids Act, they want to increase the age uh, to they want to increase the age of purchase for not just handguns, but also rifles to 21, which I vociferously oppose. And I've given you my reasons on that. They also want to they're talking about uh, storage mandates. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute, because in New York, with the New York Safe Act, which is incredibly restrictive. Do you realize that with these this legislation that they passed, they want to include in their ways for, and this is something that has actually been suggested by other Democrats as an addendum to the Protecting Our Kids Act. It's not part of it, but it's been suggested. And this was also with New York, with New York Safe Act. They want to be able to dictate how you store anything. Because the government, which sold guns to cartels across the border in Fast and Furious, which was a gun walking op that went horribly wrong when they just decided to not track the guns, they think that they know better about safety than you. You keep hearing these statistics from everybody that there's that there are more guns than people. Well, we don't have the crime rate to match it. Remember, the CDC hid multiple studies proving beyond any 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 shadow of a doubt defensive gun use vastly outweighs criminal usage now a caveat to that is the way it's tabulated that's why there's such a huge discrepancy in numbers because some states and some localities will consider it a defensive gun use if it, a firearm is simply presented meaning 
it's drawn and it's presented. I was in one class. Uh, this was actually it was a defensive handgun defensive handgun course where they were saying that in some of the some of the states with like really strict uh, enforcement, the difference between like low ready and then you're you know you're like actually holding you're you're holding someone you know at gunpoint that that is even considered with some localities a different it's just weird there needs to be uniform i think there needs to be uniform um measure in how they are counted but in some instances uh they're only considered if the trigger squeezed but in the majority of dgu it's simply presented there was a the clackamas mall shooting that had taken place there were all kinds of stories about uh, one of the concealed carriers uh, that was involved uh, with that there's been stories of people who have actually prevented mass casualty incidents simply from the presentation of a firearm but that's why there's a discrepancy and i wanted to explain that so you don't think that the discrepancy because usually what do they say like between several hundred thousand to like two million instances up to two million maybe annually they the reason why the discrepancy is so wide isn't because people aren't sure that it takes place but because there is such uh, a difference in the way that they are tabulated so that's why now the instance of of criminal usage that's what is driving so much of this and you will notice too and this is one of the things that i'm actually looking at i have a massive piece that i've been working on for like a week and one of the things that i'm that i'm actually that I'm in right now is I'm looking at all of the, so I'm looking at all of the cities where you have these Soros funded DAs, right? I'll use St. Louis city as an example, uh, or I mean, really Chicago, I mean, name a city, actually, I can use any of them where you have these very progressive DAs. And then you have what I call the rot in the judicial system, which is this, this legal theory, this judicial practice of restorative justice, which coddles the victim at the expense of actual justice and closure or coddles the criminal, excuse me, at the expense of, of actual justice and closure for the victim and the, or the victim's family. And in all of these cities where you have this practice of restorative justice, which is evident by the wrist slaps that are given to repeat offenders. I have a number of stories. I didn't want to go into the weeds too much with it, but I have a ton of stories where people, there was a guy who just was, was arrested for murder the other day. He was on, he was released after his sentence was, was uh, shortened. He was released again. And this was in, uh, uh, I want to say Philly, uh, he got arrested for murder and um, he was already in prison because he had multiple weapons charges. You know, he was in commission of felonious activity. It was a drug, <clears throat> like drug deals gone wrong, things like that. And then he was again arrested. Someone had lost their life because this guy had been released as part of this restorative justice legal theory. And so all of these cities that have this restorative justice approach, all of these cities that have these Soro-financed DAs, Soros-financed, and that's, by the way, that's not hyperbole to say that. Um, everybody has been, I've written about where that guy's money goes. He's a very big progressive. He funds a lot of stuff through the Tides Foundation. He is the financier of Media Matters. I, I mean, it goes on and on. And it's he's been open and very open himself and honest about wanting to reform the judicial system through the practice of prosecution. So he's been very open about it. So I'm not saying anything that he himself hasn't said or that isn't public knowledge or available with tax record anyway. So all of these cities that have these Soros finance DAs, et cetera, they also have super strict restrictions on carry. 
And these are the areas where we see high, the highest homicide rates. There is an absolute, they, all of these variables contribute to the result that is higher homicide rates. I go back to that Buffalo murderer. Horrific. Targeted people were just going into a grocery store. And he targeted them. And he targeted that area. Drove how many miles to get to that area? Specifically because he knew people were going to be limited in their ability to defend themselves. He knew it. He wrote it. We're not assuming this. He verbatim wrote this in his manifesto. He knew that they had a restriction on their capacity, their, their magazine capacity. He knew that they had restrictions on what they could carry, where they could carry, that New York acts as a may and not shell issue state, which is one of the things we're waiting to hear in that New York Rifle and Pistol Association case. Because that's going to be the, the accompaniment to Heller, which Heller was, uh, because Second Amendment, you know, uh, right to keep and bear arms, Heller was to keep, this is expected to be the underscore of and to bear. And so he knew this, this murderer knew all of this, and this is why this murderer targeted these people. And why he chose that area. It's incredibly sad. I heard like this, some of these lawmakers that are on the floor in the house, they keep saying, oh, you know, it's it's the media or or the, the United States is, you know, this is we lead on this. We don't. We don't lead on mass casualty incidents. Club for Growth actually did a really good thread. As well. Out of 97 countries that report their data, the U.S. is 64th in the frequency of mass shootings and 65th in the murder rate. And the rate of mass shootings are rising elsewhere faster. This is, this is true. The study, which I'm looking at, comparing the global rate of mass public shootings to the U.S.'s rate and comparing their changes over time. It's publicly available, and you can read it. And it looks into, I mean, it looks into every country that reports this data. These are things that, that, you, need to, that you need to know, because this is what law, lawmakers want to lie to you as a way to take care of your rights. I just want to remind you of something. And it's, I will never forget the faces and the sounds of those parents who were prevented from running into that school in Uvalde. That is something that I, it is uh, unbelievable to me. You have the same lawmakers that are on the floor right now in the House are the lawmakers who wrote and passed the law, particularly Biden, the Gun-Free School Zones Act, that have mandated that guns be, that schools be gun-free zones. And the only people that were allowed to carry firearms were the people who didn't rush in. There were some off-duty police who did, God bless them. But there were more who didn't rush in. 
So we're told that our kids have to be defenseless. We're told that we're not going to harden schools. We're told that we're not going to increase school security. And we're told by way of Castle Rock v. Gonzalez and the federal court ruling after Parkland that there's no affirmative obligation that law enforcement has to protect life. It's about enforcing law, not protecting life. That's ultimately what those decisions said. And then when bad things happen, you're blamed because you own an inanimate object and you lawfully use it. What a gaslight. Almost every day we hear about another major corporation that's gone woke, tormenting their employees with progressive propaganda and funding organizations that seem to hate the country and values and free speech and rights in the Constitution. So this is why I'm proud to support Patriot Mobile. It's America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers, so you get the same great service, plus you get the peace of mind that your money is supporting free speech, life, and liberty. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and they're 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer service. Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations that fight for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, our veterans, and first responder heroes. Visit PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with offer code Dana. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make that switch today. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. PatriotMobile.com Dana. That's PatriotMobile.com Dana or call 972-PATRIOT today. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. Make sure you go sign up for the newsletter over at Chapter and or over at Substack called Chapter and Verse. And, of course, a lot of stuff happening today with legislation moving on the Hill. The president is expected to speak tonight in the... Uh, 6 p.m. Central hour, I believe. Uh, Although, who knows if it's going to be on time. He's going to be on time or not. I don't think that anyone is for certain on that. And then, the, uh, goodness, we have some economic, we're going to tackle the economy coming up next hour, at the top of next hour. Yesterday, as we got off air, the big court case, which I thought was very interesting due to the high bar required for a defamation case. I'm not going to, I didn't follow, you know, for the celebrity aspect of it, I didn't really follow the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard thing. But I do think it's interesting that defamation cases are so difficult. They are probably, I think, the, and I go by what my friends who, who practice law say, they're like the most difficult cases to litigate. And especially if you are such a public figure as Depp is, because the bar is ever the higher. It means it's a higher bar for someone who is a celebrity like him as opposed to a regular average everyday person. And so much of it comes down to, can you prove damages? Which the jury found that he did. I mean, she had the book thrown at her. Ultimately, all in all, she has to pay him, I think, $8 million. There was some back and forth. They said that they were going to to appeal. Is it $10 million? It was eight million three hundred fifty thousand. Okay, I think they capped. Well, and that yeah, that, there that was a cap has, on it for yeah, Virginia. there's a cap on on the um, the punitive damages. Mm-hmm. I think, but it was a ten million dollar thing, and then minus the two million that he's supposed to give her. Interesting. So it it came out to I think eight point. Interesting. She completely killed the uh, Me Too movement. Oh, it's okay. dead now. 
I mean, it was kind of on its last legs anyway, but it's totally done now. There should be serious consequences for women who lie about men. Now, I'm not saying he's an angel by any extent. Please don't mistake, you know, my my thoughts on this. I'm not, you know, I, 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 I think that he, you know, obviously has an issue with drugs and drink, I think. Maybe has a bad temper, but just because, but I don't think that, I, I don't think he was an abuser. And she definitely was not a battered woman. I've known battered women. And I thought that was one of the most offensive things I've ever seen a woman use that as a way to leverage herself. Horrible. But they threw the book at her and she deserved it. And so, but what about Washington Post? Because they published that editorial that the ACLU wrote. So what then? She's appealing this ruling. It's not, she's not going to win that either. But what about WAPO? They added an editor's note to that op-ed. We'll talk more. And economy next. Professor Gadsad joins me for the entire podcast to discuss how the left is constantly trying to manipulate our minds to no longer recognize reality. I'm Sarah Carter. On the latest Sarah Carter Show, Professor Sad explains how the left brainwashes people to embrace sheer nonsense like men being able to have babies. He also explains how to develop the mindset to fight back and to equip our children to do the same. Join us. Follow The Sarah Carter Show at Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The biggest thing we could do here today is to repeal the 1990 Gun-Free School Zone Act so that the default condition in this country is not to advertise every student as a target. Hmm. That's right. That's uh, Representative Thomas Massey from Kentucky in the... Uh, House Judiciary Committee, where they are currently right now debating the Protecting Our Kids Act, the gun control legislation that is once that is aiming to raise the age of purchase for all firearms from eighteen to twenty-one, create storage laws, uh, and and much more. So it's not on the floor yet. They're still debating what all should be included in the in the bill so there you have it welcome back to the program uh my uh dana lash here with you make sure you sign up my newsletter chapter and verse over on substack lots of good information up there as well and i'm just lots of um there's going to be a lot of movement on this issue today because you have this bill being debated in the uh, in the House Judiciary, there are six pieces of gun control legislation in the Judiciary Committee. Gun control bills, six separate gun control bills. And Democrats are trying to jam them all through. So there is a lot of debate. And if I, as I get some good audio, I'll share that with you. A lot of debate on this. Now, we also learned today that the president is going to be speaking on this issue this evening. Him speaking on this issue is obviously designed to try to boost their momentum. He's so he's going to speak on the on gun control tonight and he's going to demand that Congress act. So a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on. And 
like I said, I'm, I'm pulling up a couple of things here because I'm not going to I don't want to get into the weeds of every single P, every single one of the six bills that they're that they're trying to ram through with uh, the Judiciary Committee in the House. But as things get closer to making it to the floor, I'll get into it. And then whatever makes it actually to the floor, obviously, uh, I'll share with you. Now, I've just, you know, be prepared. It, it, whatever they get through, it'll pass. It's going to pass in the House because Democrats have majority. Senate's a struggle. The Senate's the struggle because it's 50-50. The Senate's the struggle because they need 60. They're going to have to pick off 10 Democrats or 10 Republicans, excuse me, in order to get this passed. Joe Manchin has already said he's not going to destroy the filibuster. Not going to do it. And this is why Schumer pulled two pieces of gun control legislation from the Senate last week because they didn't have the math. So they're trying to figure out what to do. They reconvene on the 6th. So that's when it heats up even more on this issue. Right now, it's just the House. But on the 6th, it's going to get real hot. And we'll follow that. Also, real hot, or not, rather, the economy. Some, some bad headlines on this, especially with gas prices. And we're also told to get ready for $1 per egg. USDA forecast predicts highest food inflation since 1980. I was two years old. Two years old? One year old? 15 months old? The Consumer Price Index, the metric that's based on changes for all consumers, goods, and services, uh, most, most people are familiar with that. But you also have the USDA Economic Research Service measuring the changes to retail food prices. Now, PJ Media has the May Food Price Outlook. All the items for the Consumer Price Index for April was 8%, 8.3% food alone, increased by 9.4%. That's USDA. Food consumed at home also increased more than the price of food away from home. That's crazy. I have never, I've never seen that. What, ever since I was a kid, I was always told, no, we got to eat at home. It's cheaper. It's free. You know, free being the operative word. Now, for the first time ever, groceries, they said that it also increased, it increased at a faster rate than, than the rate of, of food away from home. Never heard of that. Grocery store and supermarket purchases rose over 10%, almost 11% year over year in April. And the USDA says that now we're in June, but there's tabulating May. They said, yeah, the cost of food is going to increase again significantly. So get ready for that. Now, what does that mean? Because they have the, you have fertilizer prices, which have skyrocketed. And I know that, that Biden likes to say everything's a Putin price hike. It's not. This is because they wanted to pay everybody to stay home instead of work. They wanted to spend $2 trillion on the American Rescue Plan. They wanted to do all of this stuff, and that ended up kicking it all off. Now, the one thing that you can actually blame on Putin is fertilizer prices. Because fertilizer prices have increased because that's ultimately where that area is where we get that. So that you have to input that into the cost of growing and harvesting the food that we eat. And then getting it to the shelf, you know, in our grocery stores, which that goes back to higher fuel prices, which Biden absolutely, absolutely increased. Because we don't need Russia's involvement at all for that. That should be the cheapest damn aspect of this whole equation. But it's not because of how Biden's policies. So they give the USDA gives the example of eggs. So you have a couple of things that fall that have that have contributed to this. The highly pathogenic avian flu has apparently affected approximately 38 chickens, 38 million chickens. Excuse me, I almost did the 3.7 bottles. 
38 million chickens. The price of eggs has increased to 10.3% in April alone. Now, here we go. The USDA is predicting an increase. I don't even want to say this. Between 19.5% and 20.5% year over year in 2022. That tabulates to a dollar an egg. Poultry prices. This is USDA, not me. Poultry prices will increase around 10%. That's just, that's just chicken and eggs. Seafood. In April, fish and seafood prices 11.9% over the same month in April of 21. Dairy, 2.4% increase in April alone. Predictions for both were revised upward to 7 to 8% for 2022. They're going after uh, protein. Prices for protein are, are really, have really increased. From the USDA, directly from their report. Prices for other meats had the largest increase with the meats category 2.2% in April 2022. And this year, pork prices are predicted to increase between 6 to 7%. Other meat prices predicted to increase between 9 to 10%. The aggregate categories of meats and poultry and fish are expected to increase between 7 to 8%. Meats predicted to increase between 6 to 7.5% in 2022. And as Kay notes, June 10th is when we get the consumer price index data for May of 20 of the May of this year. And for the prepared and commodity food categories from the USDA, they say fats and oil prices are predicted to increase between 10 and 11 percent this year. Fresh fruit prices between eight and a half to nine and a half percent. Cereal and bakery product prices between seven to eight percent. Non-alcoholic beverages between seven to eight percent. Other food prices between seven and a half to eight and a half percent. And all of this is subject to upward revision. Now, PJ Media notes projections are the highest increases since the last year of the Carter administration. In 1980, the price of food increased by nine percent. And since then, three percent is the average annual inflation for food. This year, we see a similar rise for some types of food in just one singular month. Now, One of the reasons, because Americans are not buying the Putin spin. I have three polls from three different, two of them are totally not at all conservative. (laughs) In fact, one of them comes from a group I never even cite uh, because they're always super lefty. But yeah, it's uh, bad. This is partly why I think he's talking about uh, guns tonight. I think he's talking about guns tonight because yesterday you had Janet Yellen saying, well, I, you know, I'm not, this is my whole job and I didn't do it. And then you had Biden saying, well, I didn't know the formula was a problem. Now that's the top news everywhere on cable news last night, CNN and MSNBC, uh, which I don't really watch, but I was kind of monitoring for criticism of Biden. They were slamming this. That's pretty crazy. They kept, of course, they kept trying to say Putin, 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 Putin. But, you know, you can only do so much, especially when everybody knows that The problem isn't the ability to get formula. The problem is the government's uh, involvement in obstructing your ability to get formula. And then when people are critical on that, that criticism expands. And then they start looking at gas prices with a renewed perspective, with a new perspective and elsewhere. So they've got to they've got to shift things. This is one of the reasons twofold why, why why he's talking about guns tonight. 
The other reason that he's talking about guns tonight is because when midterms happen, they can't pass this anymore. They will not have the House. And as long as we don't, the biggest threat to the Second Amendment in the Senate isn't Democrats, it's rhinos. And as long as we don't get people like Eric Greetens and the, you know, more Dr. Oz's and all that stuff, then, you know, people who I know for a second would sell their mother out and vote for gun control because they were Democrats up until a couple of years ago and they've been for gun control in the past. You know, Greetens made the capital a gun-free zone, wouldn't, pat, wouldn't support constitutional carry at all and slam Missouri's Second Amendment Preservation Act using verbatim Bloomberg Moms Demand talking points. I read the transcript of the remarks, and I mean, there are parts of it verbatim, word for word, from Moms Demand's website. It's crazy. That was really disappointing, because my only dog in this fight is 2A. So as long as we don't get more people like that in the Senate, you know, then it won't pass the Senate. This is where it gets problematic. So we're going to talk about this more when then how Biden says we're going to we're I'll play some audio for you. He says uh, it's not about being able to just flip a switch, except that's what he did when he came in. We got that. We'll, we'll play that and more. We got headlines on the way. And now all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five brought to you by Caltech. Cheryl Sandberg says she is stepping down as Mark Zuckerberg's longtime deputy in an announcement by Meta's chief operating officer yesterday. Uh, She's the Meta COO and one of the most powerful women in big tech. And according to Forbes, she posted on Facebook that she's going to step down in the fall, but remain a member of the company's board of directors. She'll be replaced by Javier Olivon, the company's chief growth officer, and she has been in this role for 14 years now, which seems not like a long time because it's almost like I remember her being there. Ah, oh, weird. Coffee drinkers, according to a new survey, live longer, especially if they add a spoonful of sugar. Hmm, it's a new survey that I have. A, it's a British survey, but I, you know, I'm just saying that coffee. They don't actually get into like the why, but. Yeah, I believe that. Now, another survey, this about fitness, it says your your walking speed could indicate dementia. As you, The slower you walk, that's a warning sign, apparently, of increasing frailty. And also, it could be a sign of shrinking in the right hippocampus, which is the part of the brain associated with memory, according to studies. And they say not all cognitive decline predict later dementia, but yeah... They said that they surveyed 17,000 adults over the age of 65 and people who walk 5% slower or more each year while exhibiting signs of slower mental processing were the most likely to develop dementia. The study was published Tuesday of this week in the JMA uh, uh, Network Open. That's where. Also, which I know we're all you know what we're all thinking. Biden, we are. Just be honest. Chick-fil-A is going to test robot delivery vehicles. What is that going to be like? My pleasure. Is that what, what, will they say that? They said tech company Refraction AI said they're working with uh, with Chick Fil A in Austin. Insulated robots are being tested also in California and Florida, but they say they're going to offer customers contactless delivery. I love that we have contactless delivery because I'm a situational extrovert and I will totally use lockdown to not interact with people. That's me. I'm a weirdo. I am so weird. I love being alone. I'm such a weirdo. It's a cane will attest. I'm, it's just so weird. So I'm actually okay with this because I hate small talk. And one of the horrors of my life is having to, you know, be, I just can't because not because I think I'm too good because I will bore the person to death. 
I know I will. I have nothing to say. I'll be like, the weather's great. I don't know. And they'll be like, gosh, you're the most boring person ever. And then they have a horrible opinion of me. Anyway, so uh, also, this is so sad. I've stayed here one time when I was a little kid. We were in the Ozarks and we went down. We were at Branson. Howard Johnson's. Who remembers Howard Johnson's as a kid? Shut up, millennials. Who remembers this? Hojo. They closed their last restaurant. The last one was located in Lake George, New York. It, it was open kind of on and off since March. And everybody remembers Hojo. I mean, that's like, you know, everybody. I stayed at a Howard Johnson. I, it was like in the 80s. And we were in Branson. And I remember swimming in the Hojo pool. How sad is this? Didn't they, didn't they base... Um, oh, my gosh. The Chevy Chase uh, uh, vac- uh, Vacation... Didn't they stay at a Howard Johnson's when they were traveling to Wally's World? Wally World? Yeah, I thought they stayed in a Hojo too. Yeah, the chain peaked. This is so sad. The chain peaked in the 70s and they were started selling off in 79. So that's really, gosh, it's so iconic. So we got a whole bunch more on the way, including some wokery, more economy, paycheck to paycheck. Ugh, stay with us. When you're stuck discussing politics with your friends, who's the most informed person in the group? Yep, you are. You're welcome. Listen, follow, subscribe. The Dana Show. There's a lot going on uh, right now, but the idea we're going to be able to, you know, click a switch, bring down the cost of gasoline is not likely in the near term, nor is it with regard to food. Hmm. Yes. So you can just flip a switch because that's what he did when he walked in. So when he walked into office, welcome back to the show. That was Biden saying, can't just flip a switch. But yeah, you can because you did when you walked in. I mean, I, I'm just not quite sure what he I don't understand what he doesn't understand about this. The economy, golly, these headlines, I don't want to like drag you down because it's already been a hard week, but dang. I mean, this is rough stuff, man. A dollar an egg, that's what the USDA, that report that we just discussed, a third of Americans making $250,000 are living paycheck to paycheck, according to a survey. Cash is tight for top earners of millennials. Very few reported, they said that uh, millennials are the, the cohort, that demo, and people are kind of struggling to cover all their household expenses, paycheck to paycheck, because inflation is taking a big bite out of everybody's budget. Oh, this gives me anxiety. I can't stand not like having. I, I think it's a thing. It's an aspect of growing up poor, because when you grow up poor, you constantly want to have a backup plan for your backup plan and then a backup plan for that backup plan to the backup plan. That is me. Kane's like that too. We're just like, I can't, it, it, like we start like twisting our hands because it makes us so nervous, these headlines. I mean, I'm at the point where I'm like, I, 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 you, you want to have your, you want to have your nest egg and you never want to touch it. So then you think, well, what do I got to do? Like, should I reuse foil? Should I re, it's just weird. I can't, I immediately get into that mindset. 36% of households are, they said that are taking in nearly four times the median U.S. salary, but they devote nearly their entirety now of their income to household expenses. So if you were, so like say during, you know, the, the previous administration, you were doing well and you had discretionary cash. Now what they're saying is that the majority of people don't now. Because 
inflation is a tax, essentially. It, I mean, that's ultimately how it affects you because the cost of everything goes up. And when you consider the cost of oil and gas, it's not just, I think people only view oil and gas in terms of filling up their vehicles, but petroleum pretty much helps make the world. I don't even know how many, I'm sure everything I have on here, petroleum, 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 right? How many things are made with that? Everything. Prices for all that go up. Millennials who are, I think this is garbage. I'm going to stop right here. This is stupid. Listen to this. Millennials who are now in their mid-20s to early 40s. Shut up. I am a Gen Xer. There's no damn millennial in their early 40s. Shut up. This is so stupid. I get so mad at this. Shut up. There is no, I'm, can I just say it? If you are over 35, I'll be generous. You're not a millennial. Stop it. I am not a millennial. I'm Gen X, okay? I had AOL discs, okay? Reality Bites. I was a teen in the mid-90s. Stop it. Now, back to the story. I just hate this because it's so arbitrary. Here's why I hate this. Okay, I swear, one last diversion. The reason I hate this is because I feel like they're trying to widen the birth for millennials so that they can have add more misery to it. You know what I mean? Doesn't it feel that way? I sometimes wonder. They try to make that generation seem so damn miserable and helpless. I know a lot of millennials. They're not like that. But don't. That's my theory, Kane. Am I being like, am I reading too much into it? It feels that way because that's stupid. That is so stupid. But are they doing it because they're trying to like, look what you guys did to these people. That's how I interpret it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So they say that more than half of the top earners in that generation report having little left at the end of the month. To read, they say that the, I mean, to read into this, that's the 250 income. That's about the top 5% of earners in the country. Now, they say that living paycheck to paycheck doesn't this is different from hardship. Because if you're living paycheck to paycheck, there's you can you're you're paying your bills, but hardship is when you can't. But they say only a fraction of high earners, 1 in 10, reported issues covering all their household expenses in April. And that's like obviously the biggest the biggest thing. Here's the this this like blows my mind with property value. We so cyber we had I know a lot of people who've left California and they had like really nice houses in California, but it I mean they were, you know, they they would be like 1200 square feet. You know, there's some um, uh, a new family that is going to our school and they had a 1500 square foot house and they were in Orange County. And I was like floored at how much that house was because it was like it, their house was 1500 square foot. They had three they had uh three girls and a boy and um i know and they that house was like two million dollars which is crazy orange county the average like top tier home is anywhere from 1.7 to 2 million in april what that's up from 1.2 mil i can't even believe we're having this conversation 
a mortgage on that house, they said, assuming a 20% down payment is like 100000 a year. So they're like, 40, 40, that's 40% of $250,000 annual pre-tax income. So their point in giving this is that even in the bougie areas, people who make that are, that's how much it's affecting everybody. Now, wow, 78% of America, of Americans, and this is a survey from the Federal Reserve, and this, now, this was in 2021, so keep this in mind. 78% of Americans said they were doing okay financially, but, and this was in 2021, one in nine respondents said they would not be able to cover a $400 emergency expense by any means, including credit cards or borrowing from family or friends or selling an asset. Now it's worse since that report's been out. Man. I feel like we need to talk about something goofy. Are you depressed? I kind of feel depressed. Yeah, Kane's like a bubble's going to burst. The correction is coming. The correction's already coming for housing. For sure. I'm waiting for it to come with cars because I would like, I was going to, I want to, I'm not trading my car in for the life of me right now until all that goes down. I, I will drive it until I have to punch my feet through it and Flintstone it. I don't care. Yeah. The Even average if I price, can on principle, I want. The average price of a car is what I paid for a house in the 90s. Dude, it is crazy. It is crazy. But BlackRock and other big organizations like that borrowed our money from the Fed, bought all these homes up and artificially increased the values of these properties more like increase the price of these mm-hmm. properties, not the values. And we're going to see this bubble correction happen. Is it, okay, Cyber, is it bad that when, so when we were selling our house before we moved to where we live now, we, um, it was very competitive and there were people who wanted to give us above asking. And one of them was like a company that was a front for a company and it totally gave me the willies. And I was like, I'm not, I'm not I don't trust this. It's weird. I don't know who this company is. And it just made me think, like, I don't want an unnamed corporation owning my house. Right. And some of these unnamed corporations own other properties in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So it's it's in their interest to pay more for your place so that the other properties they own in the neighborhood also increase in value. I would have rather, I, I actually wanted to take less and go with, like, a family that as opposed to taking more and go with a, I'm just like, I can't. And that was a few years ago. I'm also, every now and then I borrow Kane's tinfoil hat. So I'm just saying. And especially on property and things like that, I get real weird about. But yeah, I mean, the, the price of cars. What did they say? Used cars were up 9%? Yeah. Now wait, that was March, wasn't it? I don't know what it is now, but that, that was in March. I don't even... And I've only purchased one new car in my life and I will never purchase a new car again. It was, I knew when I, I had like my grandpa in my head when I was doing it, like this is the stupidest thing you're ever going to do. It's going to depreciate this amount. You're dumb. This is a tax on stupidity. I was like telling myself this the whole time. Yeah, I can't, dude, I can't never, I mean, used cars are the way to go. It's so stupid to buy a new car. Stupid. But now it's, you're better hitchhiking, honestly. Like it's crazy. Right. Year, over- year over year, it looks like uh, according to car gurus, this is 16.29% increase. Oh, my gosh. Year over year. That's nuts. I'm not even, oh, my gosh. So I, I'm going to say something that's probably going to get me hate mail. It's okay. So I was talking to a friend of mine uh, who was telling me that they got, uh, they wanted a used Land Rover, which aren't Land Rovers just like glorified crappier Jeeps? Right? 
I don't know if they're crappier than Jeeps, but they no, are. No, aren't they though? Aren't they just like overpriced, bougie, crappy they're Jeeps? Overpriced Jeeps, yeah. Because do you? I mean, what, what, only the like in Britain they there. drive. Yeah, I mean, do people really off road with this stuff? I I wouldn't. I'm going to go on a tangent. I'm trying so hard to stay on topic, but I'm about ready to go on a tangent. Buying, sometimes I think people buying like off-road vehicles and they don't go off-road with them. It's like wearing hiking boots everywhere when you live in Kansas. I don't get it. Anyway, but I just feel like with like a Land Rover, aren't you just like paying for a brand or something? Because like Jeep does the same thing. And isn't Jeep like the, excuse me for saying like, but I'm thinking out loud here. Jeeps are kind of, similar to the AR-15s of the car world because you can do whatever to them, aren't they? Right, in a way? Sort of. Like, you can put it all together and do whatever you want, all this kind of stuff. Anyway, long story short, a friend of mine was saying that they they uh, wanted a particular type of, um, of uh, Land Rover. And the wait list for you, the used Land, Land Rovers are selling as much as the brand new Defenders, which I don't like at all because they look like uh, something from Minecraft. They... They do. The square, the end of them are square. I'm going to turn into Jeremy Clarkson for a second, and I'm going to go off on automobile design. A bad Jeremy Clarkson. But they are on a wait list for a used Land Rover that's like two years long. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of in my life. Just buy a damn Jeep. What is your problem? Stop. Why do you got? Why do you got to do? I don't get this. It's the why? same with the uh, the Toyota FJ Cruiser. Um, if you if you look up those used cars, like 2014, for example, like a, a car with 50,000 miles, a 2014, you're still going to pay upwards near 50 grand for that. What are those toddler cars? Hang on, I'm literally googling this. Uh, the no 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 toddler cars. I said the little Tykes Cozy Coupe. I'd rather take a little Tykes Cozy Coupe. <laughs> And strap on a, a riding mower engine to that mamma jamma and rock that to the store. Then spending 16% more for a vehicle. I am not exaggerating. I would do it. Hell, I'd get a Power Wheels and, and soup up that engine. Or lack thereof. You know what I mean. Right. <sighs> By the way, speaking of which, I just fell down a rabbit hole. Do you realize that you can get a John Deere battery operated toddler gator? What? For real, dude. 200 bucks. Uh, aren't, can't you treat them like golf carts? Kinda. I'm saying, I was just reading the specs on this thing. That's a pretty Haas battery. I'm just saying, you know, that's all always an option for us. And then you could add like a little, little Fisher Price wagon on the back for when you go to Kroger and get your groceries, you know, you know, fill her up and then come back. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm just. I'm thinking of going horseback at this point. Dude, right? Telling you. So we got, um, I don't know where that conversation went, but. I, f- I want to have more of it. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. <laughs> it's time for Florida Man. I have the distinct pos- problem of having four amazing stories all simultaneously. So let's do this one first. First off, I don't even know how. This is what why my husband said I couldn't get a Dodge Demon. And because he said I would do this to it. But I wouldn't be under the influence. I just like to go fast. And he said I'd lose control of it. Tallahassee, Florida man, drove his Ford Mustang literally up a telephone pole. Like, literally drove it up a telephone pole. He didn't wrap it around. That's what Chris says I would do. But I... uh, But now this feller, he was under the influence. So he ended up getting charged with a DUI. Don't have his identity. But this was on May 16th. 
And uh, there's a million photos of it because it's literally the car is perched on its bumper. The wheels aren't even touching the ground. The hood is all the way. I mean, it's like at a, uh, what, 30, 40 degree degree angle. angle. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so here's another one. This is The Villages. The Villages. Mm -hmm. Villages. Sumter County, Florida. An argument between two fellers on the green at The Villages over golf etiquette led to Richard Randall, 77, entering a not guilty plea for his alleged crime against his 84-year-old friend. Now, according to the affidavit, this happened on the De La Vista golf course, and they were arguing, something they did often, and they were arguing over the etiquette of the game. And so Randall approached his friend and said, because the friend flipped off Randall. Randall approached the friend and said, you do that again and I will hit you. And the friend flipped him off again right in front of his face, according to witnesses, and then Randall reportedly punched him in the face and the friend fell to the ground. Deputy said the victim was taken to the hospital. He's got a bruise. Randall has battery on a person 65 years or older. He's 77 years old. Oh, my gosh. And one elderly guy beats up another elderly guy. And yeah, the, other, the other elderly guy gets charged like he's a young dude. And a Florida man admitted that he was, quote, all methed up. Methed up. I am not making this up. I need, yeah. I, oh, my gosh. I'm going to try so hard to stay on track with this story because he's 24 years old. It was in the uh, Punta Gorda subdivision, and Shane Sexton was kind of lurking about, peeking in windows, and he tried to pedal away from cops on his bicycle. Clearly, they got him, and he said that he was methed up, like on meth. He's in jail. I'm not making this up. Stay with us. we got another hour. For a 20-round, 20 21-round magazine, this gun would be banned under this bill. Here's a Sig Sauer 320. It takes a 20-round magazine... It's a 20-round magazine. Here's a 12-round magazine that would be banned. It doesn't fit because it would be banned. This gun would be banned under this bill. Here's a gun I carry every single day to protect myself, my family, my wife, my home. This is a XL Six Hour P365. Comes with a 15-round magazine. Here's a seven-round magazine, which would be less than what would be lawful under this bill if this bill were to become law. It doesn't fit. So this gun would be banned. I hope the, gun, the gun is not loaded. I'm at my house. I can do whatever I want with my guns. Here's a so point of order. Is exactly what the Democrats want to do. Now let's just take. Okay, the I got to pause it there because that is uh, Super Chad Greg Stubbe, uh, representative out of Florida, District Chad. Which, ask your. Kids or grandkids, what that means? I'd ask my kids. Now I can't stop using it. I'm gonna, mur- I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill using that word forever. He, that was an, a, a discussion they just had. They are in the House Judiciary Committee, and he's 17th District out of Florida. And that was Sheila Jackson Lee that interjected there and said, "I hope that gun isn't loaded." What a Chad response, man! Welcome back to the show, Dana Lash here with you, third hour. And as I said, this is part of the ongoing debate for the Protecting Our Kids Act, which is a big gun control bill that is in the House. There are six, it's one of six bills that they're debating. Now, it includes, and the reason guns are in the news right now, and this legislation's in the news right now, and Biden's talking about it tonight, specifically legislation on gun control solely tonight. Is it, it's 7.30 Eastern? And then I am uh, scheduled to join Fox uh, 
on this issue as well. And I think it'll be, I'm trying to think, I'll, I'll, be, on, I'll be on after Biden's address uh, on Fox to react. But, and I'll be speaking at the Turning Point uh, USA, the Young Women's Leadership uh, Summit. Very much looking forward to that. His points there are so spot on. And he's showing you how ridiculous. Because right now, they, so they were, they were discussing all of the different aspects of this Protecting Our Kids Act, right? There's a number of things that are being bandied about. Uh, earlier, they were, they were debating age restrictions in terms of how old you have to be to purchase. They were talking about gun-free uh, zones, the, school, uh, the Gun-Free School Zones Act. And Thomas Massey, we played audio of him earlier. Uh, I think they just wrapped the conversation or the, the aspect over magazine capacity. And that's what uh, Congressman Greg Stubbe, please tell me I'm saying his name right, Florida people, Stuber Stubbe, every floor, all of Florida people, we have affiliates all over the state, elect a representative amongst you to tell me how to properly spell his, pronounce his name. I get it because my last name is ridiculous. It's Lash and there's no A in it. I understand. I feel that pain. So... This uh, congressman, Greg Stubbe, was showing how ridiculous and how arbitrary these conversations can be, especially on magazine capacity. I have done so many, we've done so many drills. In fact, that's one of the things that we do regularly when we go to the range is uh, reloads. Whether you do a tactical reload or however, one-handed reload, we've done that before, Um and thankfully, I have very, very long fingers, and I'm able to do that actually relatively fast. It's pretty crazy. But he was showing how fast also it was to do it and just how ridiculous it was. Because like this one, hold seven, this is okay, but this isn't okay, and this is okay, and this isn't This would be banned, but this isn't banned. I mean, it's so arbitrary. It doesn't actually do anything. I have a P365, too. Mine's not that, mine's all black, but... Um, that's a good little good gun from Sig Sauer. I just have to say, sidebar, the P15 is lighter and thinner. Also 9mm. Anyway, but you can do a reload, swap out a mag in less than a second. Boom, boom, that. Not even a second. It's fast. So... It's I and then Sheila Jackson Lee. I hope the gun isn't loaded. Oh my gosh, does she not understand? I mean, you can put a magazine in there. I mean, if you slap it hard enough, I mean, I have a I also I've trained a lot with a Glock. If you slap it hard enough, it'll chamber it. But um, he didn't. Ra- you you got to rack it, lady. You gotta you gotta pull the slide back. You gotta chamber it. I mean, good. I just I gotta shake my head. We need a moment just to get over that. <sighs> I, Dad, you'll understand this. Listen to some of these lawmakers talk about guns as like watching your son practice catching a football and realizing he can't catch. It's like the same feeling. All right, anyway, so, whew, my goodness. This, that legislation, I'll keep you up to date with any of that stuff, and I'll have my big giant piece which is including, I'm including all of my years of past work on it, all the myths, I've debunked all the myths on gun control. Um, I have a ton of stuff for you. I'm putting that into one master uh, thing. The problem is, is that 
I may not be able to put it on my newsletter, Substack, because they'll trunicate it. Uh, Google, because uh, it sends out to your email, and a lot of email will cut it off if there's so many, uh, if it's, you know, for size, for size wise. So I may end up putting it on my website. We'll see. But I'll keep you apprised. So a few other things uh, that I want to make sure that we're getting at here, because it's been a little, we talked about uh, some of the real, the economic woes. It's not not great. And I don't know how it's going to be be made better. OPEC has agreed to accelerate oil production following U.S. pressure. This is according to Financial Times today. And they uh, report the deal comes amid easing of tensions between the White House and the Saudis. The cartel said they're going to increase, the Saudi cartel, they're going to increase output by about 650,000 barrels a day in uh, August, July and August. So I love, I can I just, I got to stop for a minute because the way that this is written is so stupid. Let me just, I'm going to read you this sentence real quick. OPEC and its allies on Thursday agreed to accelerate oil production in July and August as the cartel's linchpin Saudi Arabia bowed to U.S. pressure to cool a crude price rally that has threatened to stall the global economy. They bowed to pressure. They decided to make money after Biden begged. That's the more accurate way to put it. We were not negotiating from a position of strength. And I say, don't ever enter a negotiation until you can negotiate from a position of strength. We were not negotiating from a position of strength. Biden went with hat in hand and was begging. Remember the first time, when was that? The first time he went, was it before Christmas? And he had asked them to increase output and they ignored him. And the very next day, remember we had this headline, they increased the price per barrel. So this is not them bowing to pressure. I love how FT is like, Financial Times is like, oh, they bowed to pressure. Like Biden went over there and swung it around. No, that's not what happened. Come on. That's not what happened. Look, if I'm making widgets and then I look at the market and see the price of widgets is way up, I'm going to decide to produce more widgets. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what OPEC's doing. They're going to, yeah, they're going to make cash money, M-O-N-N-A-Y, money what's happening so you have opec's two powerhouses uae and saudis they are increasing this output so here's the thing this came right after the european union agreed to impose a stupid kind of irrelevant partial ban on russian oil imports and i met, i made brief mention of this yesterday or the day before yesterday they are only disallowing uh for the uh, tankers basically so oil tankers by sea, still allowing it from the pipelines. So they'll still take that Russian fuel from the pipelines. That's totally fine. So that's why it's kind of inconsequential. And after that, they decided that they will uh, help. In, they'll increase their output to offset the Russian shortages. Because you know what? They see a great opportunity for themselves here. They see... Here you have, let me just look at this strictly business. Here you have Europe, European Union, saying we're going to disallow energy from tankers. The pipeline, the regular pipeline is still great though. But still, nonetheless, it does create a little bit of an opening there for a new market. 
the Middle East would love that. They would love to increase that. So they're going to, oh, totally. So yeah, it wasn't just bowing to U.S. pressure. They saw an opportunity. They also saw an, opp- saw an opportunity to increase for the, for the U.S. So to increase what they're receiving, their market share for U.S. and then also Europe. We could be doing that easily. We could, you know what? We could do that easily and we could still also develop alternative energies. I don't know what would, they act like it's a sin to do both. Look, I'm telling you, I am not opposed to green tech at all. Not at all. But I am opposed to stupid artificial market, you know, market control that tries to prop up an industry that's not totally ready for prime time. And in some instances, depending on what specific type of, of, of alternative energy you're looking at, won't ever be able to be like a prime time reliable. That's just the way it is. Fossil fuels are plentiful. That's the way, you know, I don't understand why we can't be energy independent. Also not put us more under the control to OPEC, not have Europe beholden to OPEC. In a, at a greater percentage, we could do this easily. Easily we could do this. But because of politics, we don't. The only reason is politics. That's it. And they, all these people, they keep talking a great game about energy independence and they talk a great game about green energy. We've talked about this so many times before, yet they want to make us dependent upon China for rare earth elements. That is absolutely required for their green, for EVs, for batteries, all this stuff. I, I think we have one facility, because it, it takes, from what I was told by energy experts, it takes like seven years. To, and that's just if there's no hurdles to get a rare earth element mine. And so... I think there's a couple right now that are like nearing the end of it, but we're still, we're, there's no way we're going to be, we're going to be dependent on China because China has the monopoly on this. I don't know why we can't develop our own rare earth element uh, extraction, increase our domestic output so we don't have to be relying upon OPEC and the Russians and also make it to where it's a national security issue to where European nations don't have to be reliant upon Russia Do you see how this energy is a path to peace because you are thwarting the ability of tyrants to expand market share, expand influence and expand their wealth that they use to fuel their aggression? But we don't do this. Yeah, like I said, I'm not opposed to doing having alternative energies as well. I'm not I'm totally not opposed to that. I just think it's dumb when we have when we manipulate the market to try to boost something that's that's not at that point yet to that it can fully compete with fossil fuels. It's just not there. It's incredibly frustrating. But I loved how Financial Times acted like that was a big thing for Biden. Oh, man. All right. So coming up, a few other things that we got to hit as we watch what happens in D.C. with some of this legislation. And as I said, Biden speaking tonight on gun control. Uh, we're also going to get in. I got some wokery for you as well. So we, we're going to get into that and more. And now all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five brought to you by Caltech. OK, so exercise may help beat cancer. 
There's a new survey out that says two and a half hours of physical activity each week can amplify the effects of medication. Cancer patients who exercised before surgery were likely to survive five years on, and it boosts the effect- effectiveness of the drugs used to treat it by 175%. They were looking at how proteins that that released by the body to help repair muscles worn out from exercise also attack cancer cells. Oh my gosh, that's wild. And they said that they uh, they said that uh, the effectiveness specifically of cancer drugs is boosted by 175% from that. That's wild. Who who knew? Everybody's going to go out and this is going to be the summer swole, man. I'm telling you. Everybody's going to go out and get swole. Uh, also, the uh, U.S. Frontier supercomputer is named the fastest in the world. They said that the X-Scale system in development by Department of Energy since 2019. I can't even, I don't even understand this stuff. It does like whatever nodes and microcomputions and I just thought it's fast. That's all you need to know. It's fast. Okay. Fast. Uh, we got a lot more on the way. Don't freak out over monkeypox. And also, why is Biden cutting free lunches? Stick with us. Want a behind-the-scenes look at The Dana Show? Subscribe to Dana's chapter and verse newsletter for a deeper dive in all things Dana at danalash.com. I don't think there is a single incident, and and maybe there's one, but I've not found one, of an assailant using an assault weapon that was stopped by a person with a gun. Uh, So this is a... Just I mean, maybe there's one of the thousands and thousands and thousands of shootings. Hmm. No. And there's not thousands and thousands and thousands of these either. Welcome back to the program. Good to be with you. DanaLash.com newsletter on Substack as well. Chapter and verse. That is Rhode Island's uh, congressman who says that uh, he doesn't think there is. He's like, I haven't found one. If he hasn't found one instance, he's a moron. Maybe he should just pay more attention to what's happening in the news. I mean, that seems like, you know, that's a good start right there. I have just, I have some for you right here. First off, you have the woman who, this was just this week. Source. Every news article, every every media outlet. This one's ABC. A woman killed a man who was firing a rifle into a party. A woman in West Virginia. This was in Charleston, West Virginia. A bunch of people had gathered for a party. And 37-year-old Dennis Butler pulled out a rifle and began shooting dozens of people. At a birthday slash graduation party outside of an apartment complex. The woman who was attending the party drew her pistol and fired. She killed him. No one at the party was injured. She saved lives. I have another one as well. There are actually a lot. And these are the two that stick out most in my mind. The woman because woman versus a man and she just drew and took care of the problem. This one because of how the carnage would have been had this this person named Nick Melly had not been there. This is Clackamas Mall. This is just a few years ago in Portland. 
Nick Melly was 22 years old. He was at the Clackamas Town Center with a friend and the friend's baby. A masked man walked in with a rifle. He opened fire. The friend and the baby dove to the floor. Melly has a concealed carry permit. He positioned himself behind one of those supporting pillars. And then when the killer, attempted killer, stopped, because it sounds like he had a rifle jam, he kept pulling the charging handle and hitting the side of it. And that's when Melly pulled his own gun, drew down on him, and trained the... He never pulled the trigger, by the way. That's all it took. He never pulled the trigger. And I just, I got to say something about his amazing, amazing training. Because one of the first rules, and this is drilled into you. One of the first rules of firearms is know your target and know what's behind it. Over and over again, know your target Know what's behind it. Know your target. Know what's behind it. And in the midst of all this, this 22-year-old man, Nick Melly, saw as this murderer, this attempted murderer, was, was messing with his rifle, he saw someone move in the back as he eyed down. He never took his eyes off that, off that guy. He saw someone move in the back, and he knew... There's something behind my target. And so he held his gun on him and he moved from behind the pillar. And the attempted murderer saw and he shot and killed himself. That 22-year-old prevented a massacre. Amazing. If we're going to have a conversation about how, mu- how many lives criminals take with their illegal use, and that is going to be the determination, that's the justification that lawmakers use to deprive everyone of rights, then it is not only fair, but it is honest and just to also include how many lives are saved by good, innocent, law-abiding people who carry. And this is why the CDC repeatedly hid surveys that they conducted that showed, beyond any shadow of a doubt, that defensive gun usage is more than three times greater than criminal usage. Very important. That also has to be included. So they can, this David Ciceline from Rhode Island, it sounds like he needs to pay attention to what happens in the world a little bit more. Hmm. You know, the other big question that is kind of almost outside of the uh, Second Amendment stuff is at what age is someone an adult? 
What age is someone considered an adult by the government? I mean, is it we, we have pe- we have people who are allowed to stay on their parents' health insurance until they're 26 years old, and they are referred to in the legislation even as children. And that was during that was in Obamacare. We have it to where you can't purchase alcohol, consume alcohol until you're 21. But you can become a police officer. You can go to war. You can vote at age 18. Isn't it kind of weird? It's weird, isn't it? So at, at what point are we going to legally consider someone an actual adult? It seems quite arbitrary. You can do all these things... You know, at 18, that you, that, that, but then not everything, you can't fully, you can't even run, actually, you can't even run a car until you're in your mid 20s, but you see what I'm saying? I'm not quite sure that I trust lawmakers to make this determination either. I think it's all incredibly arbitrary because it's not age, it's maturity. There's not this magical age at which someone suddenly stops being immature. I mean, have you seen the president's? Manchild, who's like in his late 50s? For the love, I mean, you that's a great example right there. It's just a very, I think it's a conversation that's way bigger than specifically Second Amendment or anything else. Now, I want to switch gears here. And I'll be on Fox tonight talking about all of that stuff and responding to the president's speech. So I just saw, I saw this in a piece actually a little earlier, about a couple hours ago. Taiwan, which is the number one manufacturer of semiconductor chips, they just banned exports of all modern chips to Russia and Belarus. Interesting. Is it not? Very interesting. They make, they make the majority of all the chips in the world. 90% of the advanced chips. That's going to hurt. So they just banned all exports of modern chips. That's pretty significant, is it not? Woo. Now, I, have, uh, I had the story last week when they, <clears throat> when the, excuse me, I'm dealing with like allergies or something. There's like, we're doing... There's a lot of construction outside, so there's like dust and stuff. But um, at, we were talking last week about the the 12 nation uh, uh, Asian Pacific trade agreement or trade deal that that Biden essentially reinforced, and it includes all these other nations except Taiwan. Doesn't include Taiwan, who makes all of these semiconductor chips, 90 percent of advanced chips in the world, made by one company. One manufacturer in Taiwan, and you're not going to have them. We have a shortage, and you're not going to have them as part of that deal because they don't want to anger China because China thinks Taiwan is theirs. That's such a sign of desperation from China, for China. Such They're so desperate to have Taiwan be part of them, except that it just, they're so desperate. But that's why. They don't, they don't include them because they think that that's like a... It, a violation of their uh, ambiguous, their strategic ambiguity of the one China policy or whatever, because China thinks Taiwan's part of China. And so it's one China. That's how they. Hmm. 
So I have some wokery here that we, I know, I know. I, this um, Brooklyn Nets posted every alphabet flag that they could. And I, they redid what they call the progress flag uh, last year. And the Brooklyn Nets posted every alpha because oh my gosh they even have a flag that has something for sex workers i am so confused by this i do is there like i don't even think there's one general flag we had the flag conversation yesterday but i but brooklyn nets posted all the flags and no one knows what's happening it looks like the television color test yeah the test pattern for that it it can we just like throw out the twister thing? Just throw, just use that and get it over with. Because all these flags and all this is ridiculous. I don't even know what some. I don't even know what it, it means. Something I don't even know. No, I don't even think the people doing it know. Nobody knows what it means. Nobody knows. Anyway, the Brooklyn Nets did that because every company is rushing. How many companies? Like thirty some odd companies, like bent over backwards and did a big show with their rainbow capitalism. Nobody cares. It's it's all so it's all so silly. Uh, additionally, this is from Fox 29, flashcards depicting a pregnant dude. It's not totally the headline, but they were used to teach preschoolers about colors. It, is there a reason why they needed to have people in there to teach? I don't get it. This school, it's in North Carolina, and it's the Ballantine Elementary School in Wake County. There was a photo shared that shows that they, it's basically like the alphabet. It's the LGBTQIA plus. I don't even know what all that means. And they had like a whole card deck and they were teaching their kids the, the colors with these flashcards. I don't understand this one flashcard though because it says it shows like a picture of two two women one of them has short hair, and she thinks that makes her a man. And it just says white above it. And I, I don't know what that's in reference to. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. There are, I, I don't know what that even means. Are they white people? Is that what they're saying? I don't even know. That doesn't make any sense. So that's... What a, one teacher is using flashcards, oh gosh, is using those flashcards. There's gonna, it's going to be a brawl again as we make our way towards fall. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. The reality is, as much as people would like to pretend we're not, we're still in a pandemic. There are Canadians who die every single day because of COVID-19 in our hospitals. Uh, we are still at risk, we're particularly at risk uh, as, uh, as fall approaches of new variants. Um, we need to make sure we're doing everything we can to keep Canadians safe. And I- so this is uh, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada. And he's... Uh, Still not. They still think, no, 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 it's not over yet. And we have to, you know, just we, we got to keep everybody locked down. To end. They don't want their emergency powers to end. No, I know. And these are the same people who are also going to be doing gun confiscations. They have they're, they're, those same people. They're going to be doing gun confiscations. 
and you have to keep the don't they do the masks and you can't they're weird about their flights and all that stuff still with everything Jiminy Christmas I tell you what one thing after another I'm going to be on Fox this evening I told you the president is speaking on gun control a very rare evening speech for him Uh, but he's going to be speaking on gun control and uh, I will respond to that uh, later on uh, Fox, and then I'll be speaking at uh, Turning Point USA's Young Women's Leadership Summit. So looking forward to that. I'll be signing books there uh, as well for the ladies at the summit. So looking very much forward to that. So all of that's going to kick off, and then I'll you'll get your over at the newsletter on Substack chapter and verse. You will have your your prep email and all of that in the morning, all that good stuff. And if anything big happens with legislation, I'll make sure to uh, get that out to you as well. All right, today in Stupidity. Can't believe the show's over. All right, Representative David Cicilline. He actually uh, wins today in Stupidity today. He's from Rhode Island, the smallest state in the union, and uh, he's apparently got the smallest mind in Congress. Let's Mm. listen to what he said. I don't think there is a single incident, and and maybe there's one, but I've not found one, of an assailant using an assault weapon that was stopped by a person with a gun. Uh, So this is a... Just maybe there's one of the thousands one. and thousands and thousands of shootings. Oh one. God, I gave some it. examples already on social media. Stop so it. there you go. All right. It's going to be it's going to get crazy. The Senate reconvenes on the 6th. The House is the Judiciary Committee is arguing over six different gun control bills. We got inflation, everything else. And uh, we'll wrap it up for you, get you all set up for your weekend. So make sure you tune in tomorrow. We'll be here. Same bad time, same bad channel. Have a great night. God bless.